small businesses are ready to thrive again and looking for resources to rise to the challenge. That's why Dell Technologies has assembled an all-star lineup of podcasters for the third year in a row to create a virtual conference to share advice and inspiration for small businesses. Whether you're still working remotely or back together again, let Dell Technologies help safeguard your business with modern devices and Windows 11 Pro. Search Dell Technologies Small Business Podference on odyssey.com, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Welcome to your bonus episode of Jill on Money. It's Friday, May 20th, and we're going to put two extra episodes in today because we got back in touch with a good friend of the pod. His name is Che Wong, and he is the CEO of Boxed. I think Che came on the program back in 2017 or 18, early days for the podcast, but he has really grown an unbelievable business. We are going to drop this episode and another one right back to back. This is our interview with Che Wong. Let's start with you just talking a little bit about your origin story for the for the business. So I know you formed this business. In what year was it? 2013. So nine years ago. Okay. And you did it with some friends, right? We did. So a bunch of friends and I, um, you know, we worked on uh, a gaming company, which eventually uh, was sold. Um, and the acquiring company went public. Uh, we stayed at that new company for a few years, left, uh, and ended up forming Box in 2013. And what problem were you trying to solve when you created this company called Boxed? It sounds very rudimentary even today. We just thought, hey, for folks who wanted to shop wholesale but didn't have the time, the means, or the patience to get to a warehouse club, back in 2013, there wasn't a lot uh, available to them. Uh, and so let's just do this and do it online and do it well on mobile and see where it goes. And, and nine years later, we're now a public company. Let's pull this out into phases. Let's do 2013 to 2019. We'll call it pre-pandemic growth. How was your business doing? How are you operating it? And how much were you relying on technology to fuel your growth? Oh, it's really interesting. At the end of the day, we are a technology company. So that's what we do, right? So you'd have to say our entire company is based on technology. We built everything from in the very beginning, from the checkout system to the inventory management system, all the way to the robotic system we build in-house. So we have this hardware team that actually builds robots for us these days. So in the early days, though, I would say half technology because we had to build the site and build the tech for people to buy things. And then the other half was just good old hustle. Like, 2013, you know, I'm sure folks out there today are thinking, wow, that is such a basic concept. And why did I think of that? In 2013, you know, there just wasn't a lot out there. So just convincing customers and vendors to not only buy from us, but sell to us, because online was going to be the future of consumer packaged goods um, and consumables, um, just wasn't an easy job. So there was a lot of hustle in the very beginning. But that certainly transitioned over the years so that uh, hustle was still a part of our culture, but technology became more and more to the forefront. So when you came into the year 2020, what did you think your biggest problem was going to be in 2020? Go back, go (laughs) go to the way back machine. What did you think was going to be the tough thing? 
Oh, gosh. We were actually raising money. So we were on the road just finishing up a fundraise in January of 2020. And things were going you know, relatively well. And we just thought, hey, we we're going to raise another round of funding and we'll be off into the races again. And then, you know, as we were kind of on the road, I mean, you're just watching the news and you're like, oh, wow, there's this new kind of virus out there. And, you know, wonder if it's going to be bad. And then Sure enough, everyone knows how that story ends. So how many people were using the Boxed site and app before the pandemic? Do you have some numbers for us to just so I can understand what the growth did once the pandemic hit? I don't have the exact numbers in front of me right now. But what I can say is that it was the second time in the history of our company that the site basically buckled from the amount of traffic we were getting. Oh and this God. was after we had basically taken off all advertising. So this was just word of mouth, just folks saying, you know what, like I know you've trawled your local neighborhood like Mad Max looking for toilet paper, but there's this thing called Box that has it in stock. And it was, yeah, it was just a wild time and an unbelievable time. So what did you do to manage that huge influx of inquiry and business? How did you manage that? You know, that's where technology really came into play. So really being able to segment our customers into folks, for example, that truly couldn't get to a store or had a disability and being able to kind of allow folks to the front of the line that truly needed it because they were either immunocompromised and couldn't get to a store or senior citizens. That was really helpful because again, we built our own CRM system, our own customer relationship management system. And it allowed us to really know our customer and know who is most vulnerable. You know, at the same time on the back end, there were so many orders coming in that if we weren't automated in terms of how we pick, pack, and ship these orders. If we didn't have our own, own robotics, it would have taken us months to get through the backlog of orders. So technology really began, began to shine during that pandemic phase. How did you get the stuff that you then distributed to your customers? Oh my gosh. I mean, I remember you know, when all of this was going down and you were actually seeing people get into physical fights in the stores over toilet paper. I remember sitting in one of our facilities uh, actually, the facility that I'm sitting in right now. And remember that scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark, the final scene where there's just like a huge cavernous kind of warehouse where they store everything. Mm. Well, that's what I was looking at, but filled with toilet paper. And so someone on our security team said, you know, this has a street value of, you know, tens of millions of dollars. And I, I never thought I would hear toilet paper having a street value ever. And, and I think what we first did was lock the doors um, <laughs> and then secondly, just made sure that we created an environment where the staff knew we were doing everything possible to keep them safe so that people would actually come into work to pick, pack and ship these orders. Now, did you actually lose staff? You know, obviously, if someone was over the age of 50 or immunocompromised, they they might have taken themselves off the floor. So did you find that a lot of people left at that time? It's always a topic that's very difficult for me to talk about without seeing kind of my eyes well up a bit because, mm -hmm. Jill, you know, we've talked about this before and how we prioritize our team and our frontline uh, staff members. And even before the pandemic, 
And so I remember calling in all hands and telling everyone like, we need you. There's people out there that can't physically shop that need you. I understand if you don't feel comfortable coming in, but I hope we've bought ourselves some credibility in the sense that we've always done what's right by you guys and know that we will do everything we can to keep you guys safe. And that Monday and every Monday after that, we had enough staff to fulfill those orders. We never had to shut down because of a lack of staff. We wow. never had kind of down capacity. And, and I think, you know, doing good finally kind of paid off all these years. Small businesses are ready to thrive again and looking for resources to rise to the challenge. That's why Dell Technologies has assembled an all-star lineup of podcasters for the third year in a row to create a virtual conference to share advice and inspiration for small businesses. Whether you're still working remotely or back together again, let Dell Technologies help safeguard your business with modern devices and Windows 11 Pro. Search Dell Technologies Small Business Podference on odyssey.com, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. So amid COVID, did you guys start to think about um, shifting more towards robotics? Was that something that came up because of this or not? You know, I wouldn't say in the middle of COVID, like during the worst of kind of this huge supply chain challenge, call it April, of March of 2020, all the way to probably the summer of 2020, you know, we were just trying to keep the wheels on the wagon. So there wasn't a lot of ability to really kind of plan for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but once things calmed down a bit, that's when we really thought, geez, I mean, we still always need humans. But at the same time, we can make their jobs a little bit easier and we can be able to make ourselves a little bit more supply chain kind of shock proof if we had some more robotics. So we've definitely been growing that that team and that capability. So what? tell me, explain to me, like, why? I mean, I'm going to be an idiot. So just, you know, <laughs> treat me like your mother, Che. <laughs> um, so why couldn't you have all robotics? Why do well, you need humans? Well, here's where I can nerd out a bit. Uh, so, you know, I know robotics and AI and everything, it's the zeitgeist, right? And I think mm-hmm. it'll be the zeitgeist for the coming years and decades. At the same time, humans are amazingly smart and tactile and just good at certain things that you would think a robot could do, but cannot do today. Mm-hmm. What do I mean by that? So if we were standing in the facility that I'm in today, Jill, if I could point to a 24 pack of toilet paper to a box of Oreo cookies to a tub of pork rinds without even telling you, you could instantly know how to pick each one of those items up. That does not exist in the robotic world today. So most of the robotic hands and arms that you see today, they're not as tactile as a human hand. And you have to marry that with AI of saying, well, do I pick this up with one hand, two hands? Can I not pick it up upside down because it'll spill? How do I wrap it at the very top? How do I pack it? These are all things that basically anyone beyond the age of five or six years old could figure out instantly. But robotics just can't do today, just yet. So what is the best use of robotics in your business? Right now, it's to decrease the amount of travel that a human being needs to walk. So, you know, a lot of folks think uh, that e-commerce, you place an order and it just, there's these magical elves that, you know, wave a wand and immediately just shows up your doorstep in two days or less. But the reality is there's just human beings in these cavernous facilities walking around with a cart, 
you know, that's just pushing this cart around and picking your order off a shelf in this giant, almost like store. And so it creates a lot of injuries because people are walking five, 10 miles a day. It creates a lot of stress. It's just not really good for someone to walk that much in a, in a given day over and over again. So robotics are great in the sense that instead of a human walking around and picking each item, the cart comes around to you. So you end up just staffing an area. Whenever the cart comes to you, you put what the cart wants on the cart, and then you push the button and it just goes off into its next location. So instead of walking 10 miles, you're maybe walking you know, less than a mile a day. So it makes things quicker and more efficient. I mean, how has the app changed or the user experience changed since those early days nine years ago? What are the improvements you've made to that? From a basic non-technology level, we went from selling 200 items out of my garage in New Jersey to now there's thousands and thousands of items, right? Um, there's more categories these days. So it's not just your your daily essentials, but some things you might also want to buy for your kids, whether it's like um, uh, something fun to give to their friend on their birthday party or, you know, if it's something for your dog, you know, we're definitely enhancing assortment. But from a technology standpoint, this is where machine learning and AI has gotten really interesting over the last decade. So now that we have millions and millions and millions of customers, we can start to see different behaviors. Like, so Jill, you probably buy certain brands at a certain cadence and certain products at a certain cadence. And so do I. So when we look at our behavior individually, we probably look very different. But actually, we could probably find, I don't know, 100,000 customers that look just like you, like buy the same items at the same cadence. And so we can start to predict what you might buy based upon the 100,000 other people that have behaved just like you in the past. And so you can start to get smarter with inventory, with serving the right items, and delighting customers. So it starts to get pretty awesome, uh, you know, nine years later. When you look at the amount of information that you've gathered from all these people, and now you, you can crunch this data, how important is using that data to deliver a better experience for the individual user? Like, how are you harnessing that? Do you do you hire someone to come in and do that for you? Is that like an, an AWS number crunching thing? Do you have your own data analysts on staff? How do you do that? We definitely now have a full data science team. Wow. Um, you know, on day zero, remember, Jill, it was just me in, in my mom's garage with a yep. few other folks from the neighborhood. And it's like data science was like, hey, ma, you know, like, <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> uh, uh, but, um, but now, you know, there's definitely a full team. And, you know, over the course of the years, there's now billions and billions of rows of, of data that we can use to make the experience better for everyone to say, hey, you know, you might be running out of this pretty soon because really, like I said before, about 100,000 other people ran out in this cadence. So we're guessing that you're probably coming up on that time to restock. All right. That's the first part of our interview with Che Wong. The second part of the interview, we're going to drop it later today. So you got a lot of listening to do. Get ready. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you in a bit. 